coming up next in this episode. You have a barrel full of water and there's maybe one drop missing that you explode. Heart rate variability, I think, should be taught in school. It's like nutrition should be called, lifestyle, health. In the law of resonances, you can just attract what you have inside you. Our heart is influenced by everything surrounding us. And this is why we really have to take care and surround us by beautiful things. Welcome to Flow, the show that will open your heart and optimize wellness by giving you the tools needed to go from our current healthcare model to self-care success. I'm your host, Kelly Kennedy, and I am working together with my guests to help you reframe what is needed to be free and to truly live in flow by understanding how your fascia, your lymph, your oxygen, your water, and your energy all flow together to help supply you with all that's needed to live the best version of your life. Please keep in mind, this podcast is created for educational purposes only. It is not intended to be used as a replacement for medical diagnosis or treatment. So please do seek professional guidance for your customized care program. And what I wanna know now is this, are you ready to flow? Fabulous, let's flow together. Here we go. Welcome back to The Flow. This is Kelly Kennedy with my favorite guest, Rasmus Gaut-Bergenhausen, who we're going to be delving deep into his heart and my heart today and talking about hearts, heart rate variability, both the physical and the emotional heart. And for those of you who don't know, Rasmus is a world-renowned speaker and water scientist who's looked at water in many ways from chemistry to more of the quality of water in regards to its crystallization, as well as has studied life and heart rate variability and music and math, and has brought them all together for us to truly understand how the body works, how the universe works, and from my perspective, why and how we can heal so simply by just loving and through the heart. So I know that was quite the introduction for those of you who don't know Rasmus, but truly his work is so profound and so monumental in all of our health journeys. Um, while the equipment that he has created is certainly not a medical piece of equipment, it's a mirror. It has allowed deep research and deep profound understandings and insights and allowing uh, for us to physiologically see the shifts and changes that 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 knowledge has gleaned, which allows us to understand what's happening physiologically, which again, what Dr. Joe Dispenza is proving as well, Rasmus has proven the same because the truth is the truth, which is love creates coherence and that all comes from the heart. So welcome Rasmus. Thank you. Thank you, Kelly. Looking forward to our talk today. Nice. <laughs> Me too. So coherence and heart is something that this community has probably heard me talk about. But today on this podcast, I just want to spend about 30 minutes going through what that really means for you. Coherence in the heart. What does that mean? And how do you see that in regards to heart rate variability and all the work that you've done? At least a, a brief understanding of that, if you would. Okay, yeah, well, coherence actually is a phenomena we see in physics all the time. And actually, we could call it, it's the communication between vibration. It's just like when you have the ocean and the waves are rolling to the shore, you can literally see the waves. And when you throw a stone into the ocean, you can see how one wave starts to interact with the other waves already existing on, on the ocean. So coherence means always that one vibration interacts with another one. And the level of interaction, we could call the level of coherence, because every vibration tries to interact with another vibration. That's just a fact. So the light shining on you right now interacts with your body and you react on that. If you would hear music now, your body will interact with that. If you would talk with the cell phone, of course, you will hear something through the speaker, but also the whole EMV vibration you will interact. So coherence actually means for me one vibration interacting with another. So coherence simply is nothing special, you could say. It's of maybe the most important thing in, in, in the universe. But now I think what you are heading to is more coherence, literally meaning that on a positive way to build something up. This is like, because coherence also, if you hear techno music, 
and you get completely, let's say, nervous and some, you also react on this. But if you hear something beautiful and you start to smile and, or for example, you see a beautiful landscape and you react to that. So actually you get coherent to this vibration you are exposed to. But coherence actually literally just means the, the communication between one, between two or several sources of vibration. And for me, the higher level of coherence is, we could call it the natural way, or just the way of nature, which means that we are products of nature, of course, and we are always in connection with Mother Earth. And now the thing is, what I at least understand is that the moment we become aware of this, this coherence can be magnified by our heart. The heart is, as you beautifully said in the beginning, I think it's not just a stupid pump pumping five to 20,000 liters of blood a day. The pump, the heart has much more functions. And for me, the heart is like the conductor of all the vibrations you have in your body, your kidney and your liver. And of course, all the different organs you have and the heart is much more than just a pump. And for me, the heart is like a conductor, which means that it, it starts to interfere with all the different vibrations and probably is the main, let's can say the operator or the conductor of the whole orchestra body. And then the, the heart has this also- this the, the or In an orchestra, the conductor is the one that gets all of the different instruments to harmonize together to get them to play nicely so that it makes harmonics beautiful music not dissonant mm -hmm. irritating music just so we're yeah it's exactly so you can say the conductor is has has this amazing function to to make this whole play or this whole orchestra playing together and then of course the heart has the strongest magnetic field so the heart is also for me an amplifier like behind every speaker we have a little magnet and we amplify the sound coming through the speaker so the heart is also an amplifier so what we humans can do the moment we become 100 percent present but it's Present doesn't mean being drunk or I don't know, forget all your problems by, I don't know, get controlled by some substances. Be 100% present, 100% aware. And then we can amplify and magnify, how to say, this coherence and this healing process. But the healing itself, whatever the healing is, but this coherence, I think, is a natural process we always are exposed to, but we can amplify this. And this is... Um, by, by being aware of, of just the beauty and this and this variability. And now the next thing also, coherence means like we have one tuning fork and the other tuning fork has the same tuning and starts to vibrate by itself and, and we hear the, the sound. But now it's also that, um, how should I point, put this, um, that yeah, that, that we, we, we simply magnify this. We, we, we hear this, we get in the present state. And now the next thing is, this is also a beautiful interview I just had recently. Um, the law of resonance is you can just attract what you have inside you. This is, this is like, if you want to find a wonderful partner, you have to be wonderful yourself. Otherwise, it, it won't fit. So this is like, it's like a match principle. And now the thing is, we always search for healing. And now the thing is like this, our body, at least I think, tries to heal us with every heartbeat throughout our whole life. And I read in a, in a medicine book that our body makes every second up to 40 million body cells, every second. So there's an ongoing healing process, which we can hardly understand. And now coherence is not only that they interact. Coherence, I think, is also to build something up, to to. To, how to say to to rejuvenate? I think this is the right word. To to just to always um, regenerate the body. So this is what the, the coherence is. And now, what very important is about coherence? Coherence they interact, but it doesn't mean they become the same. When you dance with your partner, you are both full of vibration, and you inter you hear the music, you hear the third component, which is now the, the nice sound source or the musician, and you two start to interact. You both get coherent. But now the thing is. But we coherent with coherent, um, you could call it the law of inertia. Is so you don't become exactly the same. So you won't become your partner hundred percent. He won't become you. But you interact, and this interaction, which is like a little fringe, you can say a little friction between, and there is where somehow you can say life um, starts. Because otherwise, 
if every coherence would imp uh, imp uh, how to say mean that the vibrations would become the same, then every tree would look the same, every wave on the ocean would look the same. But this doesn't happen. So you have always this diversity. And this is the, the amazing thing that coherence exists, the vibration interact, but they don't become synchron 100%. And that's the important thing. And then you see this diversity. This is like what I say when you see the snowflakes or the water falling from the sky and of course, all the water molecules, they interact, as we know beautifully, but the moment the water molecule or the water starts to freeze to a water crystal, the, the vibration that it has been exposed is unique. So they interact. The vibration it's been exposed to is unique. It's so unique. just to clarify too what you were saying about dancing. So if I, let's say, am an expert Argentinian tango dancer and I do that by myself, it's one thing. But if I then start dancing with you versus Ian versus Joe Smith, even though you're all, let's say, expert Argentinian tango dancers and you know exactly how to do it, it's going to be a little different with each person. Or maybe that's a little, you know, uh, the waltz or whatever, the foxtrot, whatever dance. I mean, I'm I feel like Absolutely. I'm dating myself with these uh, dances that I'm selecting. But the point is selecting a, spe a specific dance move that when I do that with an individual, it's unique, even though it looks the same, perhaps. Yes. But there's definitely different frequency and information be that creates this life. So that is creating life. All of a new vibration is life. And so he, we're looking at it as a macrocosm and a microcosm both right now and understanding that this is sound and vibration is what creates life. Light and sound together come together, create life from nothing comes something. And now understanding how we interact with all of the frequencies and vibrations around us, realizing that our heart is the conductor of all of life. So the frequencies inside our body that delivers frequency is different than the kidneys, is different than the lymph, is different than the blood. And all of that's interacting with all of nature and all the things. Like I'm in a house right now with fake lighting, even though I have sunlight and there's a bonsai plant next to me and two things of water and my cell phone and the mind body make like all the things that are around me, my body's responding to him, as well as Rasmus. And he's at nighttime. And so he's responding to the where he's at in Austria versus where I'm at in Philadelphia and where sun and the moon are. And all of this is the frequency and vibration that the heart's conducting and trying to create coherence all the time with its environment. Exactly. Yeah. And, and this is why also healing is always individual because you interact to the sound different than the other one. And this is a dynamic process. And this is why everything is so unique. And this is, you can call like the word cosmos means the higher order or the order in the universe. And this is the communication, I think is the, yeah, we get coherent. So one vibration interacts with another one. They don't get hundred percent synchron, but if it's, and this is the next step about music, we see that in nature, nature loves harmonics so when you see it and if coherence because you can be also coherent to a to a terrible sound you also interact with that coherent means one vibration interacts with another one but if it's harmonic and that's i think where we where we go into this music part is that we interact so strong to sound because we our whole body is sound itself like we have intervals like the belly button is a special interval to the whole body size your size your with all from your size you can say are harmonics and this is um i think this it's is like the measurements of harmonics of the ratios of the size and length of our arms and the, the length of our belly button to the rest of our body to our neck to our head to the ratio of the patterns are unique to all humans and are all the same ratios just yes. goes into that deeply in the master class i just wanted to yes. okay go ahead yeah but in there, so in the so this coherence so one in, vibration interacts with another one it's always individual and this is also why we have this heart rate variability so you interact but vibration, we always think one vibration is always the same, but vibration is a dynamic process, like the wave rolling over the ocean, hundred thousands of kilometers, thousands of kilometers, they always interact, they change all the time. So this is a dynamic process. And the beauty of the heart rate variability is that our heart as a conductor, you could call it from the from our entire body, does not always only con communicate with ourselves, but also to the outside. 
And now we, you can imagine you have a conductor of an orchestra and you take a rope and you tie his hands, okay? And he stands there with his little stick and should should orchestra the entire big group of mus musicians, but his hands are tied in the back. How should he operate and make a great orchestra? It would be super limited. And then one musician would say, hey, I won't play. And the other one makes another problem. The third one goes home. And the fourth doesn't play at all. And imagine your body, your heart, rate where your heart is stuck like this it cannot move freely and so you literally can say all the problems appear so this is the the variable oh, that that's beautiful analogy that's yeah. so if the heart's stuck if the heart's rigid if the heart's not flexible if it's not shifting and changing to its environment then how can it possibly make harmonics because it can't now pay attention to the heart and or to the kidney or the liver or the other aspects because it's rigid and it can't expand to those other frequencies. And then it can't harmonize those frequencies. Is that what yes. you were saying? Did I understand it's, it right? Ex exactly. And imagine a forest, if a healthy forest has huge trees, small trees, big trees, old trees, little trees, and all the other plants. And imagine there comes a little beetle inside and if all the trees would be the same, the beetle would say, well, great, let's eat it all. And the whole forest easily collapses and and, and hardly can, how to say, struggle with, with the problem. And the same is with our body. Imagine our the conductor, the hands are tight and you get whatever a disease, a disease, a flu or whatever, you can hardly deal with it. You can hardly defend yourself. You have to be flexible. And you can say the variability is your ability, how to say, to react on things. We had a little weather interruption yesterday with a hailstorm. So we are revisiting this conversation. Yesterday, we talked a bit about coherence. And today, we're going to dive a little deeper into heart rate variability, because while the point of the show flow is about opening your heart and optimizing well, open the heart and optimizing wellness, we have to understand the heart and why we say that. So Rasmus is educating us, informing us and enlightening us about empowering our own self-healing capacities from the heart. So take it away, Rasmus. What do you want to share with them? Because I got us so sidetracked yesterday about coherence. Well, thank you very much, Kelly, for the invitation. Yeah, let's talk a little bit. We, we said we would like to sum up a little bit heart rate variability and maybe what it's all about. And yes, well, we have been talking last time quite in detail about the heart rate variability. And today, maybe let's make it a little more brief um, for the audience who have never heard about heart rate variability. This is um, a property we can say we human have. And this is that our heart doesn't beat always the same, that is always variable, which means from one heartbeat to the next, to the second, to the third, and so on, there is always a variation. And the layman would maybe think that the heartbeat is always the same, just one beat after the next. And maybe when you get a little bit excited, it will be faster. And when you are deeply relaxed, it will be slower. But there is something completely different. And this is the variation from one heartbeat to the, to the following and the next one. And this is actually not new. It's known, at least from China, since almost 2000 years. So Chinese medicine knew about this heart rate variability since many, many centuries. And in our medicine, it maybe entered like 200 years ago, the first doctors observed this. And then in the last century, it entered the medical field in the 60s, especially when women give birth, they took the heart rate variability in relation to see if the child is healthy, if the mother is doing fine. And later, it entered more and more the, the, the top sports. So sportsmen are very interested in the heart rate variability because we can see literally how fast a person can retain or recuperate after a training. And yeah, and today we have more than 50,000 studies related to heart rate variability. So it, it's really a boom nowadays about heart rate variability, but nevertheless, most people don't know about this. And I'd love to explain this a little bit today. And well, to my background, I'm not a medical doctor, I'm not a practitioner, as you know, maybe when you have heard the other interviews with Kelly. And my background is water science, water chemistry. And later I run the laboratory of Dr. Masaru Emoto. I conducted 
research now in over 20 years um, related to water, water form giving process, the snowflakes, Emoto's famous book, The Message from Water, um, published in 47 languages, showed beautiful this work. And, and I saw a direct relation between the heart rate variability and the snowflakes of Emoto. Why is this? Because the thing is, we never get the same snowflake. We never get the same water crystal. When I take a glass of water and I freeze it, I make normally 50 samples, I get 50 different results. And now the funny thing is in nature, we never find the same. We don't find two humans which are the same. We don't find on a huge leaf, a huge tree, two leaves which are exactly the same. And back to us humans, we don't have two heartbeats which are exactly the same during our life. And this is amazing. And I saw there must be a relation between this. And in the other interview with Kelly, we talked already about the, the relationship between human and water and how we interact and all this. We don't have to go into detail. But for me, it was so fascinating to see that this heart rate variability is a beautiful tool to observe how you feel, how you react on a treatment. And then further, this is what we do. We'll go to discuss in a separate um, interview, Kelly and I. This is how we translate the heart rate variability into sound and color light. But today, about the heart rate variability, I'd just like to show you some slides. I have here a little presentation about heart rate variability. And I will just jump a little bit further and show you here the heart rate variability. So the heart rate variability describes the variation between the consecutive heartbeats. So from one heartbeat, we measure the time interval, we measure the second time interval and the third and so on. And we will see there's no, never this exactly the same interval. But now we see the more stressed you are, the more you are related to a symptom, the, the, the worse your lifestyle is, the more similar this heartbeat become. And we are a society or medicine is specialized on all these different symptoms we have. I read in the internet that we have about 46,000 different diseases already determined. Wow. But we have actually just one health. And normally when you study medicine or whatever kind of therapy, you get, of course, beautifully trained in all different kinds of fields, which is, of course, very important. But the interesting thing is that most practitioners and doctors, when they leave the university, they have never heard about heart rate variability. And first, later during their during their practical work, um, work they stumble over this. And the funny thing is, I work now with this since about 15 years. I don't know all the numbers exactly, but something like this. And I'm training now even cardiologists in heart rate variability, even I'm not a practitioner, but it's such an amazing instrument to get a good um, feedback how the patient is and especially also how the patient can react on a treatment and how fast he can recover it. And this is very important. So yeah, this is the heart rate variability. And I like it very much because the heart rate variability, you can say, is like your vitality. Normally, when you make an AKG or an ACG, you make your the, the how to say examine the the how to say the heart more on its structure you can see is there something broken is there something that doesn't work but it doesn't so much show the vitality of the heart and i always right. hear the acg the ecg and the hrv like i like to compare it with nature imagine you have a tree in front of you the ECG is a wonderful tool. It's an amazing tool. We have to work with this. Of course, every doctor learns about this. It can be compared like our heart to a tree. The ECG would show which branch maybe broke off or which part is, is not working as properly. But the HRV literally shows how flexible you are, how you can react on a storm. If you have a good heart rate variability compared to a tree, the storm comes, you lay down flat on the floor, the storm is over, you stand up and everything's fine again. And if you would be an old sick tree, let's say like this, the storm comes, the symptoms would come and some branches would break or maybe the entire tree would break. So the bigger the variation, the heart rate variabilities, the better you can adapt to a stressful situation, the better you can 
heal from a disease, the better you can take up medicine. That's proven by many dis, um, studies. So if you have a very bad heart rate variability, also the the acceptance of whatever um, nutrients or uh, how to say different additives you you give vitamin C or whatever, vitamin D or anything you do, the better the variability, the better you can react on something. So, so just yeah. to quickly summarize, the body's an electrical vital organism. This can be measured more in, um, we've been looking at heart rate variability for over 2000 years and more of the ancient medicines quote, modern medicine of the last 200 years has been studying it as well. And EKG is a little more looking at where the problems are. And an EKG, for those of you just are listening, when you go to the house, when you get it put on the monitor and it goes beep, 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 beep. That's a good day. Beep, bad day, right? Beep, 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 beep is variability. Beep, no variability, bad day. So heart rate variability alternative to EKG is looking for what is the vitality? What is the reserve? How flexible is this body? So it's truly looking at the health assessment of the vital organism and how flexible, as you were just using that analogy, they are. So what the reserve is in their body, or is it going to be just a little bit of push and then they're knocked off? Whereas the EKG only tells you when there's already a problem, that there's a problem, but the heart rate variability can predict if the body's going to have a problem when a new stressor of any kind is given as input to the organism that then has to react because that is all of life is a vibration, as we know from other trainings and all of what the heart's responding to is the vibrations of life and its ability to respond is flexible and variable as possible is health and wellness. While you're not a practitioner, you become a world-renowned speaker in regards to both not only water for over 25 years, but now heart rate variability for the last 15 years, because you've seen this correlation, this connection with the beautiful water crystals that Emoto showed with your mind, that you've seen this connection with heart rate variability and always showing these coherent water crystals when we get in coherence with our heart. Yes, for me, the, the I think... One thing doesn't replace the other thing. So the ECG is, of course, very, very important tool. We need to have it in every hospital, but it's like yeah. one side of the coin. And the other side, you can say, you see more the vitality, the, the ability to, to adapt to stress. And now go further deeper in the heart rate variability. Um, the heart rate variability is, is, how to say, they have two main actors. One is the sympathetic branch and the other one is the parasympathetic branch and we can analyze this we do this well i developed a heart rate variability device now is which very accurate measures on the body of course the the the, the ekc signal and out of the signal we determine the the heart rate variability and we measure with many many different parameters very accurate the, the heart rate variability. And you can measure not only sympathetic and parasympathetic state and the relationship between both of them. You can see how flexible a, a body is, how fast it can adapt to stress, how fast it can recover it. You can literally, for example, the stress index beautifully shows how long you already have treated maybe your body not as good as you should with the different pin levels. I don't go in detail with this, but with the different numbers, you can see how much resources you have left. And, and with the coefficient of variation, you can see how, how flexible your whole body is. You can see the, how exhausted you are. There are many different parameters which are beautifully to be, to be examined. And this is what I train now since many years, different therapists and practitioner. And I think everybody listening to this podcast, it's your own responsibility to learn about heart rate variability. Because for me, the heart rate variability is like your retirement fund. So you save, you work all your life hard and work and work and work. And you know it maybe by yourself, you work very hard and then vacation comes and you become sick. And you say, oh, why do I become sick during vacation? Well, oh, that's very good. simple that's to, to explain because 
we have two branches. One is the sympathetic branch and one is the parasympathetic branch. You can call it like yin and yang. Sympathetic is also called the fight and flight branch. This is the branch where you are active, where you think, where you oxidize carbohydrates, where you breathe in, where you are the doer, where you do things. And But the sympathetic branch has also one, one function. It kind of protects you at the very moment that you can keep on going. I always explain it like this. When you hike up the mountain, here in Austria, I have so many mountains. I've just been hiking two days ago. And when you reach 2,000 meters altitude, you cannot say, oh, no, I'm so tired. I will not walk home. You are very active. You need the last energy to get home. And while you walk and hike, maybe you get some bliss on your feet because your shoes are not so good, but you won't hardly realize it because you're very sympathetic. The sympathetic branch is like a tranquilizer that you don't feel that something is already wrong. And in our society, we are so sympathetic, hyperactive that we don't feel, we can literally say like in German, the roof is burning already. And then, when, yes. And when you come home now, after this hiking, and you sit on your sofa, you take off your hiking shoes, and literally suddenly you, you see, oh, my feet hurts, my back hurts, everything. But this is actually the moment where you start to heal. The sympathetic activity goes down, and now suddenly the body starts to recuperate and says, hey, here's a problem, there's another problem, and so on. And the parasympathetic, many times you start to realize your body, you come back to your body, but you feel also many times the pain or the problems, because that's the moment the healing takes place. And this is when you have been working hard and hard and hard, and you have not taken care of your body, that's like this hiking tour, and suddenly you have vacation, now you have time to rest, and the body says, hey, now I want to heal. And this, the, the disease itself normally is not the problem. It's your best friend because that's a, a wrong understanding we have from disease. We think our, the disease is our enemy. Of course, we want to get rid of the disease. But the disease is, of course, a symptom because we haven't taken care before. Maybe we shouldn't have hiked that hard or maybe have not worked as crazy before. And many times when they get retired, the first heart attack appears. This is because maybe the body is so has been protected in itself so much, but suddenly the healing is so overwhelming, you could say, that the heart can hardly struggle with all the different healing processes which are going on. And so the parasympathetic rain branch is there where you breathe out, where you relax, where your energy level goes up again, and so on, where you recuperate, where you, how to say, where you um, repair all the damaged cells and so on. And these two parts, we can beautiful measure and we can see, is there a balance or is there completely imbalance? And this is what I think everybody, no matter if you are a dentist or a cardiologist, or if you are a hairdresser or working in the supermarket, no matter, you don't need to be academic, you should learn about heart rate variability because we literally have to understand if we don't take care of ourselves, we some, we, because we are so stressed, we don't realize that there are many problems already and we keep on going. And then suddenly we could literally say it's too late or it's not too late. Of course, we can always do a lot and help. But if we are too sympathetic all the time, we don't see that healing or recuperation or rest and relaxation has to take place. And these two branches, I think this heart rate variability is not so difficult. People don't have to become completely experts and be able to read all this data. But you can literally see this cloud here. It's called the Poincaré plot. It shows the bigger the cloud is, the more variable you are. And the more you get focused with your brain, with your thoughts, with your, how to say, with all the, I compare it here, the heart rate variability with your ratio. So I always say the brain has a very big impact on your heart. So when you think on somebody who really hurt you or really has, has been a problem in your life, You see how your body changes. Maybe you think of a teacher who has not been very nice to you. Even if the teacher is gone since many, many years, the body has the same reaction. And now the thing is, the moment we start to think and to focus, 
our variability becomes less. And the problem is, and this is a big problem, if a person gets a very heavy diagnosis, let's say cancer or diabetes or whatever really disease where we are all afraid of, then we even start to focus more. Then we focus so much on our problem, but we know the bigger the variation is, the better the healing, the better the chemotherapy or the alternative therapy, whatever you decide, that's not my topic to, to interfere here, but I know the better the variation is, the better the healing pro process. And now the funny thing is, the moment you come into the present state, become a good listener, become completely present, the variation opens by itself again. And this is actually where I come into the picture with my work is that I translate the heart frequency into sound because I want that the person, no matter how sick or healthy, how old or how young, that they experience their own vitality in sound and light and that we can see how the variation becomes better. Yes, so this is a, like a little summary to heart rate variability. Oh, Rasmus, yeah. I really, it's so beautiful. I know that people listening, we've all experienced this where you work really hard to get on the vacation and then, and let's not take the cancer diagnoses or the big diagnoses for a minute, just the simplest I just had a client do this, you know, she was really excited about her trip to Italy. She gets to Italy. She texts me and she's like, I can't believe it. I'm in bed sick. Yes. I brought my arsenal of wellness with me and I'm laying in bed treating, but why the heck is this happening? I want to spend time with my family. And I said, because this is your body showing you that you're how much you're not taking care of what you really need is a nap. What you really need is to rest. What your family needs is for you to take care of yourself. Trust me. Maybe there was a, a situation for them. They need to spend the time together and you needed to rest, but take it all as information. And for me, heart rate variability, I agree with you. Like we have to learn when we're a female and we become of the age of menstruation, we have to learn how to deal with that. You can't just ignore it. <laughs> when, when you are old enough to take care of your body, you learn how to brush your teeth and wash your body and, and have you know, good hygiene. I feel the same about heart rate variability. And I want you to speak to all the different forms of heart rate variability, if you would, about, because what I've, here's my point to anybody who's listening to this that has had some kind of access to heart rate variability. I, heart rate variability, sorry, I'm speaking fast. I really and truly have been studying heart rate variability and an extensive one created by a cardiologist in Russia Nerve Express is the brand that I've used. Dr. Alex Rifteen created it and it's brilliant. And it has a lot of parameters and it has a lot of ways to look at, is this acute or chronic? For over 15 years, I used it. And then Sound of Soul, I started working with Rasmus's heart rate variability. And I thought I knew about heart rate variability and I have been schooled by his heart rate variability. And what I've learned from his is now what's funny is I'm more flexible. So if somebody comes to me and goes, oh, here's my R ring readings, or here's my math, heart math readings, or my what I actually can understand all of it now because I understand heart rate variability so much deeper and can explain it better too. So can you speak to the different types of heart rate variability and why yours is so much more sensitive, if you will? Well, there are very good. Uh, there are very good products on the market. The Absolutely. thing is, just, I love accuracy. And the thing is, just to imagine, if you go to a hospital and you have a heart problem, and the doctor make an easy chief on you, and he takes your ear flip and measures the heart rate, where, uh, measures your ECG on the ear flip, that would be possible, but it would be super inaccurate, and. The problem is that in heart rate, in, in ECG, it's not accepted. No hospital. I, I've been in many hospitals. I went, I worked with several doctors in Italy, in Austria, in Germany, all where I have been already. I have never seen an ECG device where they measure at the ear flip or in the fingertip. Everybody would say, are you, are you, are you serious? Before you start to operate me, make a serious measurement. In related to heart rate variability, there are so many gadgets on the market where they measure on the ear flip or on the fingertip. And I think it's okay if you're just, let's say, a layman and you just want to get a rough picture in the first introduction into heart rate variability. 
But if you're a serious therapist and you really want to work with heart rate variability, and if I see any therapist working with a device measuring at the fingertip or on the ear flip, I know they are not sincere working with heart rate variability. It's just a fact. And, but it's okay for, for, the, for, let's say, for an introduction. I had a guy, he was a therapist himself. He worked with a very reasonable heart rate variability device measuring on the ear flip. And he was training for the marathon. He came to my office and I measured his heart rate variability. And I told him, you know that you have quite some heart rhythm disorder. And he said, no, how, how should I know? And I said, well, if I would be you, I would go to a hospital and make an ECG because that's where the ECG is for. Um, then they can determine really where the problem is in the heart. But the heart rate variability also shows the problem. But if you have a very, let's say, simple device, he didn't know about this. He thought his device showed him he has such great data because especially if you have a very inaccurate heart rate variability device, the parasympathetic, um, how to say, data are too high, which is like a wrong data set. And so this is why I say, if you work as a therapist, and I know many very good heart rate variability trainer, and everybody agrees with me completely, they would say they would never work with a device where you measure at the arm wrist or in the fingertip or on the ear flip, the heart rate variability. I mean, it's a good, for example, the Apple Watch. I have it by myself too. It's really a cool gadget. It's really nice. It can detect arrhythmia. It is, it's quite good. But to go deep as a therapist into analysis, I've never met a sincere um, a therapist working with an Apple Watch because that's, that's not the purpose for it. And the problem with heart rate variability is that there are so many, let's say, therapists who think, oh, that is not important. Let's just get a very simple device. And then they start to make conclusions and how to say diagnosis, which are not very sincere. And this is what is a little bit, this is maybe also the problem why heart rate variability is not so well accepted yet in medicine, because there is so much nonsense going on. You can breathe. And so times. many of the variables aren't accounted for when people test heart rate variability. Like sometimes it'll be hot in the room or cold in the room. And they're not accounting for like, oh, the person just raced in and was stressed in traffic, or they just got off the phone with their spouse and got in an argument. And, you know, all those things, the heart rate variability is going to pick up and, and monitor. And if you're not accounting for that and you don't measure the same thing over and over again, you're not really doing science. You're not really creating theories and can't create proper pattern recognition, which is what science is really about, right? To then change behaviors. And for me, that's why you test anything or assess anything is to figure out, okay, I'm testing it. So I can look at is the behavior that I've been following, is it getting me the results I'm wanting? Is it creating the right physiological changes, or do I need to alter my behavior based upon these assessments because I'm not hitting my marks physiologically? Because heart rate variability leads to what physiology is going to change. And I just wanted to speak to that for a second with what you were saying that people, we've all experienced, like I said, we go on vacation, all of a sudden, oh, we feel horrible right? Or, oh, we finally, it's the weekend. We've been looking forward to it. And now we're in bed exhausted or whatever's going on. And that stress physiologically creates cortisol, which creates inflammation in the body. And it thickens your lymphatics. It thickens the fascia. It makes everything tight. And when we finally breathe, when we slow down, when we take a breath, when we allow the body to shift gears in the parasympathetic, it then, as he said, gets out of shock, really gets out of that sympathetic overload. And when we first get out of shock, oftentimes our body like shakes and goes through these tremors of getting out of the shock because we've been holding on so tight. And it looks like we're really sick. Oftentimes when people get out of shock, they can throw up, they can pass out, but it's actually a healing process that the body is like, oh, finally, I can do all my processes because I've been out of process because I've been in sympathetic overload. And what I would postulate if you're listening to this is that if you're living in 21st century Western culture, you actually don't know what relaxation is really all about and how to truly take a breath and mm -hmm. a space 
exactly. and relaxed. That's and very and nice. the story period of Billy should be the entrainment device that we learn what helps us improve our regulation. Sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off. I just, no, I was getting so many downloads when you're talking. I was writing so fast because I want people to discover that heart rate variability is the foundation of what I love you said, your retirement package to assure your quality of your future and the quality of testing and understanding the accuracy of your heart rate variability, understanding that true can help you understand quality of living, which is really your your potential for a quality of life in retirement was, which is when you take a break, when you stop burning and you start receiving, which the balance of that is life. Okay. I'll shut up. No, that's beautiful. What you say. And the thing is, well, there are two things, which I think is very important. Um, there are many things, but as I said before that the, why heart rate variability is probably not so broad accepted yet is because of course we have a system only focusing on the symptoms and ignoring that there's something like vitality and recuperation and all this relaxation part. The other problem with heart rate variability is that there are so many inaccurate devices. Mm -hmm. And the third problem is that many people, they normally many, let's say, I will be a little bit like, let's say a little bit um, maybe um, nasty if I say it like this. Many woohoo therapists, they like, they give you like, I have here the magic energy stone. Okay. And this costs, let's say 5,000 euro because it's the most magic. And now we use heart rate variability. And if I get this, my pulse goes up right away because I see this is how they trick people. If I make a heart rate variability measurement of you now, Kelly, you have been talking, you are full sympathetic, me too. We want to bring out what we know. And now I give you this magic stone. It costs maybe a cent or less, okay? But I make one measurement of your heart rate variability now. Let's say 10 minutes. And then I give you this magic stone and we make another measurement and we will see, wow, the heart rate variability has been become better by maybe 10 or 15, maybe 20%. And this is not, isn't that a great argument to say this is the magic stone for a million dollar? How nonsense, because most studies they conduct today is this before nothing and the second with heart rate variability. And this is, I can give you here this marker, which I don't know, can make a black market. And I give you this now and we make before without this marker. And then we take the second and we see the heart rate variability became better. But it's not the marker, of course, what a nonsense. It is the second measurement, you had more time to relax, which implies, of course, the heart rate variability becomes better. And this is abused around the entire globe by people working with heart rate variability with a cheap superficial device, making this before and after measurement. If you make a good heart rate variability study, like I did here, at least I think it's a good study, I measured the impact of mobile phone on our sympathetic level. You have to make a double blind test where first the person relaxes and then the person doesn't know is it um, with or without and it's completely randomized. And, and this is a, a problem I see in the heart rate variability that it is like there's a fancy gadget. You can buy the cheapest gadget on the, on the, on the market and then you sit on the television or in front of the computer and make... 10 times and of course the variation gets better but you need a good device to see is there really a heart rhythm disorder is this person completely burned out is it completely how does this person has a trauma you can reach trauma out of the heart rate variability so if you really work profound it's an open book of information but if you have a cheap gadget and you make <laughs> My ego boosts. Wow! Now I'm I'm more enlightened, and the balloon becomes bigger. These are all funny gadgets, which I think is okay to have. But as a therapist, really, go the heart rate variability is so beautiful, and you get so much information. And if you have this this simple devices, um, actually, you boost the ego of the patients because he makes ten deep breaths some values, whatever magic values go up, you have some devices where they say your heart rate variability is 90, 90 what percent? Is it milliseconds, square milliseconds? Uh, what number is it? So a really good heart rate variability 
you have to measure this. You have to clean the data by yourself. That's very important that not a machine algorithm to does get it. the artifacts out so that when they move their leg or whatever they did, that artifact of that electrical impulse that it created doesn't show a false positive of an improved variability, but it was really just their muscle movement. Exactly. So, for an example, just an example. And I agree with you that like we've been doing this testing in office about heart rate variability before and after therapies. And what I noticed was the last thing they did is always getting the best improvement. And what's funny is the last thing that everybody doing is everybody's doing is nebulizers. And I wanted everybody to do it in the same order. Mm -hmm. But what I became aware of is two things. One, like you said, well, by the third thing, they've had the benefits of laying around for three hours, getting therapies. So it's gonna be improved just upon that because they're disconnected from their cell phones and everything else. But funny, I didn't expect to see this. I don't know what I expect. I don't think other than improvements of heart rate variability and all the things we do was the nebulizer made the biggest impact. And in hindsight, I said, oh, I know why. Because they're sitting present for 20 minutes, breathing in and breathing out and that, stillness without interruption and distraction, regardless if it's homeopathics or sterile water would make an improvement in their heart rate variability because it's the being present, as you said earlier, which allows for the coherence mm -hmm. and then allows that present moment to re improve their variability once they're in present moment. And once they're improving their variability, they're now in regeneration and they're going to make beautiful water crystals in their whole body re mm -hmm. because everything is now mm -hmm. in yeah. alignment. But yeah, exactly. Now we've been talking about many, let's say, practical, therapeutic yeah. um, aspects. And the beautiful, what you say here, this is, the I think, the beauty of this heart rate variability is not only that we really can measure a lot and get a lot of data out of this and we see how person reacts and how the whole treatment process goes on and all this but for me the beauty is to show about heart rate variability let's say a little bit more from the spiritual or let's say from the esoteric part is that our heart is always different from one heartbeat to the next and we have this variation and we know that about 90 percent of our thought are repetitive. So what you have been thinking about, I don't know, the president or the politics or about your neighbor, doesn't change that fast, but your heart is always changing. And this is the beauty. Our heart is an open system. Yes, our whole body is an open system. I can maybe with my mind close and say, well, with this person, I don't want to get contact and I don't like her or him or whatever. But the heart doesn't judge you can say the heart likes everything because the heart is reacting on everything it's an open system it's like we have been talking yesterday a little bit like a tuning fork so you have a vibration here and your neighbor no matter if he's big or tall or fat or, or thin or black or white or yellow or green or whatever color the heart wants to get coherent and this is the variation because our heart is such an open system it wants to interact with you, it wants to interact with the light, it wants to interact with the weather, it wants to interact with all the nutrients, with my lifestyle. The heart is a flexible system. And now if we have a flexible life, if we breathe deep, go dancing, do really things where we maybe get connected back to Mother Earth, um, we can see no matter how old you are, the variation becomes better again. So our we normally think the older we get, the worse, of course, our condition is. And this is, of course, normal, normal because the older we get, the more problems we have, the more stress we have, the more, I don't know. Toxicity. Uh, exactly. But the yeah. beauty is, if you get to the present state, do something really good for yourself. Stop the always continuous chattering mind and really become present, starting to become a listener, starting to breathe out. There's a nice saying, put attention to your exhale the inhale will take will take a place by itself so when you really relax and let go you become like flexible like a young tree again and your heart rate variability literally wants to become better and better again but the ego the mind the me the i the more all this um the breathing in the the fight 
all this, of course, it's you cannot say in must not say it's bad, but it's so hard to say exaggerated in our side time that we literally train our heart to the heart attack. And this is something very important for anybody who listens to this. There are societies on this planet, like there are nomad folks, like these nomads, I don't know how to call it in English, uh, running around in the, like in Siberia and so, where they work with the different deers and like they, not in the society, in the Western society. And like natural um, population. Like shaman or Yeah, people. shaman people just work really living out in the nature. Naturalist, true yeah. naturalist. And and like tribes in, in Northern Siberia or maybe in, in the Amazon or wherever, but they're not so connected to the Western world. They hardly have a heart attack, like a stroke or a heart attack or depression or burnout that hardly exists. So there are so many diseases we have, which we literally produce by our constant sympathetic stress. And then we try to fight the symptoms. And this is the illusion. The sympathetic is called fight and flight mode, fight and flight. And we try to fight the sympathetic. How stupid is this? So we have actually, Einstein said, beautiful Albert Einstein, we cannot solve the problems of this world, world with the approaches, approaches which have caused them. So our mind and our stress and our lifestyle has caused this problem. And we cannot solve it by the mind. We have to start becoming present. We start becoming listener. And this is what I try to do with Sound of Soul. And we can literally see how it has a beautiful impact. And we can see how the hearts interact. And this is, um, we will talk about this in detail another time. And this, how two hearts, you can hear how they start to play together. And this is, um, I just had a couple, well, maybe I shouldn't tell this now, but it's so nice. It's just a little story. I had a couple here, they're just about to get divorced, about both, about 60. And it's all fine, however it is. And then I connected them both. And they both, could hear how their heart played the sound, but we will explain in an extra lecture. But both tears of both of them, tears run out of their eyes and because they could both experience how they connected by their heart. And of course I can measure the heart rate durability and see how it beautifully affects them. But this is what I want to show that, what I want to say that the heart rate variability is not just a parameter we measure and see, well, you have a good variability or less. The heart rate variability is for me our Variation is our communication to the outside. It's of course just a measurement, but it literally shows that our heart is influenced by everything surrounded us, surround, surrounding us. And this is why we really have to take care and surround us by beautiful things. If you listen techno music 24 seven, just eat sugars and drinking energy drinks and listening to bad news, don't be surprised that you 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 can earn the the symptoms a little later, and this is why I say heart rate variability. I think should be taught in school. It's like nutrition should be called lifestyle health. My body should be taught in school, and not just I don't know. Of course, mathematics and reading and writing all this is important, but I think this is also a knowledge. Um, because it's our life and we all want to have a happy life. And the funny thing is about heart rate variability. You can also, there are studies directly related that if you have certain parameters in heart rate variability, your character changes. You become more aggressive. You become more, we call it like you have a barrel full of water and there's maybe one drop missing that you explode. You can literally see how flexible are you? If somebody offends- well, the lack of reserve, right? Is well, what you're saying. Exactly. Lack of somebody, reserve. Somebody goes, oh, you know, I, I'm well, all my blood work looks great. And I go, okay, let's throw you on the heart rate variability. I'm like, okay, here's the thing. You're not sleeping well. You're probably not pooping well. These things are going on. They're like, how'd you know all that? Because your circadian rhythms are off because I'm testing your heart rate variability because I see you're in sympathetic overload and that you have deficient parasympathetics and that the body doesn't know how to get out of that and that you're tight and variable. And, like, oh. and those are the people that all of a sudden, they look at all of a sudden I got sick and I go, no, your body's been juggling all sorts of balls for decades, perhaps. And you, you're not aware of it, but then that next little thing comes in, it drops that ball. And then you want to chase that ball down, be it the gluten, the dairy, the stressful event, the, the parasite 
physical, emotional, or mental, whatever the thing is that now your body goes, oh, see, I can't handle that thing. I'm allergic to perfume. I'm allergic to glue. And I go, no, no, no. It's your body not being flexible, which is why I've stolen from Rasmus the term flexitarianism. And I want everybody on the planet to become a flexitarian, which means I'm flexible. And yeah, 80% of the time I'm a conscious being, I'm aware, but I can overcome that vital system in the body, which is my immune system, which is my flight fight and make a conscious decision to get out of it. So that when I go on vacation, before I go on vacation, I've rested, I've listened to my body, I've given it that extra so that I can enjoy my vacation and my high quality of living because I'm attached and connected to my body. And I know how it, it, what it's telling me and Mm -hmm. how it's, because this is what I've seen for years with heart rate variability. It is greatly able to communicate with us. We just have to learn the tools that allow us to know what it's communicating. And for me, like Rasmus, heart rate variability is an easy accessible tool, whether you are a layman or a clinician. And depending upon your level of desire and devotion to your life and your vitality, or maybe your livelihood, then that's why you want to study heart rate variability. Yes. Yeah. And let this be your beginning of it. Yeah, yes. beautiful. Yeah, and back maybe to uh, sum up or at the end. I think as I love the work with the water crystals, I've just been today making beautiful testing with water. And I see there the same water makes so many different uh, results. And I see the beauty, you can say, in this water, in the structure. And I think the same is with the variation with the heart. I mean, of course, what may be very important at the end also is to say you can have a bad heart rate variability and you're the best person in the world, of course. It doesn't mean a good variation means a good person. This is, of course, nonsense. But you cannot be the best person of the world and you help all the others, but you don't take care of yourself. So be good to yourself. Love yourself. Love thyself, how it said. And and this is how to say, and you can literally see, I had person with the worst heart rate variability and when they started to take care of themselves, they see how beautiful they are, how variable. Because if they think, oh, I'm so sick, I'm my problems, oh, well, how should I cure? Or everybody is against me. Your heart is like this. Your heart tries to protect you. But if you start to live a life like this and embrace all the friends, take your mask down and smile again and how to say, do great things and start dancing and the heart is like, ooh, ooh. It, 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 it. and suddenly healing takes place. And we think it was only this one remedy we, we, we throw into our mouth and, and swallowed. And this is the beauty is that the heart literally expresses um, or reacts so beautifully when, when you do good for yourself. And I say, as long as the heart beats, there you can do magic. And every heartbeat is beautiful. Even every heart rate variability, at least after my work now so many years, I find something beautiful there. And there you can build up, up on this take this as the first step. And then you see, well, this is maybe a little weak and this is not so good. Many times in heart rate variability, you see most problems of the person are that they can't breathe. Start breathing, yeah. walk bare feet yeah. every evening, breathe deep in and out. The interaction between lung and the heart, it's called the respiratory sinus arrhythmia, starts to function again. We breathe in, heartbeat becomes stronger. We breathe deep out, heartbeat becomes less. We go bar feet over the soil and we feel our body again and we start to smile and we can see, wow, my, my variation gets better. You don't even have to throw in some magic pills. And But if you stay in your mind and say, oh, this is so bad. And in the evening, I will maybe watch 10 different kinds of news and see how who is maybe worse than me. Because if somebody else suffers more than me, my ego would say, hey, at least I'm not as bad as this guy. Don't do this kind of, surround yourself with beautiful people, do great things, and you can literally measure this. And this is amazing. The heart is an open system. And I don't know any other tool which can show this as beautiful as the variation. And this is great. And even if you have, I had a lady with heart rhythm disorder. She was a doctor, retired. She knows about medicine, everything. I, I cannot compete with her. She has 40 years more of experience than I. But her heart was saying... And then I connected her to Sound of Soul, and after half an hour, her vari- uh, the heart rhythm disorder was gone. Because this always focusing, struggling mind, 
interacts and interferes with the heart and it's a stress for the heart. So if the mind shuts up and you go into the present state, that's beautiful with heart rate variability. So this is, I think we will talk about this deeper next that's time. Perfect. Yeah, I was going to say, it's a perfect jumping point for next week, uh, the next episode when we talk about heart rate variability and sound of soul and why. Yeah. Right. That. So, yeah, I agree. That was beautiful, Rasmus. And thank you for your eloquent understanding of Hari variability. And if you have more questions on Hari variability, please send them to us. We want to help you understand this. And I truly thank you if you've listened to this all the way to the end for paying attention. And again, pray that this is just the beginning of your understanding of heart rate variability. And Rasmus, thank you for your time and yeah. and your devotion to getting this out there and, and being flexible with us with the weather and all the things that occurred and i know how important this information is and that i thought that was comical of what the universe was showing up to make sure that we were both committed to this getting this information out there so Wonderful. thank you and thank you all for listening and if this truly resonates with you please share this or review it um, it does allow us to expand our reach out there when those things happen so thank you for doing that and we will see you next time on flow Thank you for joining me on today's episode of Flow. If you took something from today's show, please make sure you subscribe and share it with a friend. I want you to step away empowered, enlightened, and having an increase in value and your vibration, knowing that your body has the innate ability to heal so that you can attain true wellness. Thank you, and we'll see you on the next episode of Flow.